Well, good morning. Let's just pray for Father, we just thank you again for the joy of coming into your house, Lord. And we do happy, Lord. Gladly, Lord, look to you for a portion of your blessing, Lord. But we'd be quite happy, Lord, with a double whammy, Lord. So just bring a fresh wind through, Lord. Just thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you've greed, you just love and delight, Lord, to be in the presence of your saints, your worship, Lord. So as a worship and a praise ascended before you this morning, Lord, we just ask it to make gladden your heart, such a stand that, Lord, you would respond from heaven, Lord. Oh, Lord, just come down with your manifest presence. May each one feel a fresh air and grace, Lord, a quickening in their soul and their spirit, Lord, and a joy springs up, for your kingdom is joy, peace and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. So we look to you now, Lord, to come, Lord, minister to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Good to be with you. I'm beginning to feel quite at home here. I think I'm enjoying this church. <laughs> You're such nice people, you see. I see glamour girls are sitting in front of you. I just want your head away, you know. <laughs> Amen. I got excited one time in the Kings. Like I like shaking my teeth through. That's quite exciting. I think that's why people don't sit in the front row anymore. <laughs> anyway. Praise the Lord. Our subject this morning is Change the climate. We can do a change the climate, can we? I was having a bit of struggle getting the work for today. And uh, it's quite normal, quite usual what happens during the night. And sometimes the Lord drops a wee verse in your heart. So I was lying on the bed in the middle of the night, I woke up and it says Genesis chapter 19. And I said, oh, that's good, I must be getting the work. <laughs> And I couldn't wait till the morning. Oh no, it was. And I opened up and it was the chapter of Sodom and Gomorrah. I said, I said, Lord, it's new beginnings of it. <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing, you know, the church no longer talks about judgment. You know. We're very silent. But it came out of fashion, though. People don't like to be confronted with judgment. It's not a popular mention. I'm well aware of that. People think it's scaremongering and health raising there. But the reality is, you know, the world needs to hear whether well, there is such a thing as judgment. Jesus himself verified it. Jesus said, listen, it'll be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for some of the places where your, my word has gone for on the day of judgment. So Jesus spoke of a day of judgment that's coming. And just as it happened in the flood, it says that in the day of the flood came, says the people were married, eating and drinking, enjoying some getting on with their business, ignoring the word of God. But it came. The flood came. Israel was the same. They weren't going the wrong way. They rejected God, they'd gone the wrong way, they'd, they'd adopted the, the religions of their neighbours and just well, got out of court. And God warned them, he says, let you repent, you know. <laughs> I'll throw you into exile. And that happened. 
They ended up in Babylon because they didn't repent. Yeah. <coughs> there are things that just happen. And like man, you know, the Bible says, the day of the Lord will come, like a thief in the night. <laughs> One day suddenly it'll come and we'll find that all things are accounted for. So God has set a day in which he will judge the world, the men. So it's good to be ready, you know. It's good to be ready. Well, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. Because it simply says to me, Jack 18, that God sets a limit. There comes a time when God says, enough is enough. It happened in those days, there's the wickedness, it says that they've got to God, the whole earth is wicked, and it says, from the righteous man, the what? God's been. And every day of judgment, there's a way of escape and a way of out for, the, for those demons. When God moves in judgment, it always says there's an opportunity when it says to Israel, unless you turn and repent, there's always an opportunity. That's a decision to make. And that we are. So, my brother, we're just saying, God has a limit. Enough's enough. That's what he said to Sodom and Gomorrah. Your wickedness has come up. And because a righteous man, Lord, vexed his soul that what was going on around him, God spared him. God knows how to deliver the redeemed and the righteous out of calamity. But God says enough's enough. And there is a time set when God will call time. It's called the end of the last days. You know, some of us have been in the last days since, since Pentecost. But the end times is the end of the last days. When suddenly Jesus will break through and arrive to see him. You know, but the good thing is, you know, in case you're all going to be doom and gloom. <laughs> well, I've warned you. <laughs> and that's the trouble the church is too silent. We're afraid to confront people now. People don't confront them. Don't upset them. Well, we'll come back. I don't care if you don't come back. As long as you get saved. The church needs to come alive again and say, look, this is the word of God and preach the whole counsel of God and be unapologetic by it. But my every word of warning and doom, there's a gleam of hope and light and joy. Yeah. So God took me to this uh, portion that I'm going to read you in Second Chronicles chapter 13. <coughs> there's always a possibility of a change of climate. <laughs> you can have judgment. <laughs> Or you could have revival. You could have judgment or restoration. You could have judgment or new life. Choices are us. So I'm going to read St. Chronicles 15, reading from verse 1. The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Obed. He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach, and without the law. For in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him. And he was found with them. In those days it was not safe to travel about. 
for all the inhabitants of the land were in great turmoil. One nation being crushed by another, one city by another, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. Sounds a bit familiar, that, doesn't it? But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. When Asa heard these words of the prophecy of Isaiah, the prophet, he took courage. He removed the detestable idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the towns he had captured in the hills of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the portico of God's temple. Then he assembled all Judah and Benjamin and all the people from Ephraim, Manasseh and Simeon, who had settled among them, for large numbers had come over to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. They assembled in Jerusalem in the third month of the fifteenth year of Asa's reign. At that time they sacrificed to the Lord seven hundred head of cattle, seven thousand sheep and goats from the plunder they had brought back. They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and with all their soul. Amen. God add a blessing to the reading of his precious word. Now here's a story that's very much parallels of day. It says in Asa's day, Asa means uh, God healed. <laughs> Azariah means God helped. That's a good partnership, isn't it? <laughs> healed and helped. Asa's the king, Azariah is the priest and the prophet. In God's economy, listen, the king represents the national authority of the land, the rule. If the king is righteous, the nation is righteous. And that's when you read in, in the, the Chronicles and the Kings, one bad king, one good king, one bad king. The suit happens, it says, Asa did that which is right in the eyes of the Lord. The priest is the man who keeps the king right and brings the word of the Lord. The trouble with the nation today is the rulers, the kings of the nation, are ungodly. And as I said in, in St. Chronicles, for a long time, there has been no God in the land. Our nation, we're into the fifth generation, where society has turned its back on God. And when society says no God, it becomes godless. And for a long time, our society has become godless. It says for a long time, there was no priest in the land, no spokesman for God. You see, the church has got PC phobia. No. Less people have they got correct. Let's not turn down his toes. Let's just keep quiet. Let's just absorb. Let's just tolerate. It's the days we're living in. We're supposed to be a herald of the truth. And the trouble is, <laughs> our governments don't have a voice. It used to be that the assembly of the Church of Scotland was a national event. It filled all the newspapers with headlines. It filled the news channels, the media. I mean, it goes out a wee what these days. Did you realize it was on this morning? It used to be a voice that persuaded and affected Parliament. It's now a wumper. No priest in the land. For a long time, it says, there was no law. 
no adherence to the word of God, which is the plumb line of society and morality. We're living in a decade where we see law after law after law passed that is contrary to the word of God. The word of God is denigrated, cast out of no consequence. And men do it without fear. For a long time, the land has been dormant. There's been a spiritual drought. We need to change the climate. You know, when the climate changes, you know, it's usually when it comes in the wind. It's the wind that changes the weather. <laughs> a hot wind comes in, a cold wind comes in, you know. The nation needs a fresh wind. The Spirit of God. And that's just like today. The church is intended to be the pillar of truth for society. The church is intended to be the light, the beacon. The church is intended to be the voice that declares the word of God and the truth. There's a person in Ezekiel saying, you shall be the watchman on the tower. The picture there is a watchman on the rampers looking out for the enemy. And God says, if you see the enemy coming and you don't raise the alarm, the blood will be in your shoulder. But if you see the enemy coming and you raise the alarm, <laughs> you'll take the blood from your shoulders and put it on theirs. When I used to do my gospel campaigns, I always finished my last night on that one. I've taken the blood from my shoulders and put it on yours. See, every one of us is accountable to God of where we stand and how we live. The church can change the climate. That's what she's tend to do. That's what it means to be the leaven and the lump, the salt and the air. The light and the lamp. We're supposed to change the climate, preserve society. Climate revival generally starts with an individual. Second Chronicles starts with Azariah hearing from God. It always starts with a stirring in a man. Maybe you're the Azariah for today. Is there stirring in you for more? Are you vexing your soul like law for the state of the world and its godlessness? Psalm 63 highlights it. Oh God, you are my God. See, it's personal. It's personal. Psalmist David says, Oh, my fathers have told us about you. <laughs> We've read all about you. But now, let me tell you, my God has done for me. My God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. There's trouble in the church today. Is that they serve on the level of convenience. I speak to the pastor the other day and he says, you know, he's 
church is thriving, lots of youth that's bursting at the seams, looks all good, he says, yeah, yeah, he says, yeah. but the young folk today, they'll only do if it suits them. Do you give God your convenience or your obedience? Where's your priority lie? Well, in this death and gloom and sadness and drought, <laughs> God delivers. The word of Ezra says, listen, if you'll be with God, God will be with you. God's not into lukewarm relationships, half-heartedness, no. Sell yourself out for me. God will sell himself out for you. Be full on. And you'll find God is full on. And such such cancel all this. From what steps the days I take? He heard the word of the Lord. And he says he took courage. He took courage. Now the church needs to wake up. Or she'll die. Right? As I like the people that they, one of the, the editorials says, if the church of Scotland doesn't wake up, she'll vanish. If the church of God doesn't take a stand, <laughs> Be but that's not the plan of God. Say, there's been a law given for Nazareth. Still the ball. Gave him the word. The prophetic word came. You need to hear from God. It's going to be God driven. Men's programs don't work. No. We've had the secret friendlies, we've had all sorts of things, we've had the ship of the moon, we've had the wave after wave after wave after wave. We just need to hear God. The psalmist says, if I hear from God, I'll climb any wall. <laughs> There'll be no obstacle. The Lord will be strong. Don't give up, for your work will be. To seek and you'll find. And it says, Isaiah, Isaiah, he turned to the Lord and sought the Lord, called the people together to seek God. And it says, and he was found of them. God's not far from you. He says, I'm nigh your mouth. Just call and I'll answer. He took courage. And he went against the flow. What it takes your life? <laughs> Two things to take your life. Take technology and regulations. You're no longer sitting with a tight bath and scrubbing your washing board. <laughs> You've got a washing machine. Technology is easy as life. Over two years of regulation. Let it take how we live, let it move, what we wear. The law of the land sets a climate. So it is that, I say, 
remove the false worship. He changed the status quo. He's the king. He's the king. The government. Get rid of that rubbish. Destroyed all the order. Secondly, he says, he repaired the altar. He restored worship. Let me make worship him in spirit and the truth. Turn the eyes back to God. Then he says, he called all the people together in assembly. <laughs> and they renewed their covenant commitment to God. We will serve you with our whole heart. And they rejoice greatly. God's the same today. If we posture ourselves in like manner, put away the abominations. If the church would clean house, just as Jesus went in with his weapon, clear that temple, get, you've made it a house of merchandise. It will stop compromising and rationalizing our living standards. Well, it's acceptable today. Not acceptable to God. The word is the word. We don't live in sin. We don't compromise. We don't change the world. We don't go away abortion just because it's popular. We uphold the word of God. Righteousness <laughs> establishes a nation. We need to renew your altar. It's so easy isn't it, to get morphed into the spirit of the world. So easily thinking to drift along, well, well, you know. Number of Christian families that have, that have the same problems as the non-Christian families. Because it's, well, it's the way of the world. We don't put our foot down. We don't declare the word of God. We just drift with the flow. Needs to rebuild your altar. Who's important in your life? What's your priority? Jesus says, How can you call me Lord if you don't keep my commandments? If you love me, <laughs> you'll keep my words. The number of people that are living in sin, and folks will say, Ah, oh, but they still love the Lord. Poppycock. If you love the Lord, you want to serve the Lord. If you love the Lord, you want to obey the Lord. If you love the Lord, you don't compromise. There's no such thing, yes, Lord. No. He's Lord and He's not Lord. Don't get yourself. People who are living in sin and say, I've never felt so good with the Lord. It's a silly delusion and pleasing themselves. Send your altar to worship in spirit and truth. You'll find it's a better place. Then it says he assembled all the people together. Different tribes. Suppose <laughs> there's coming a day when the church has got to be united in spirit. And one. 
not talking about the ecumenical movement. And the ecumenical movement of the watching the knee says, you know, ecumenism just there's two people in the same bed. There's no control of dreams. Our denomination and walls have got to get knocked down. Now you won't knock them down because they're institutionalized and they're there forever and the system are set up and that's how they operate. They can knock the spiritual wall down on this unity. If the church united in this message, if the church united in this stand, you know the trouble is if there's a controversy, you know, they've got the Catholic Church and the Catholic Church says this is what the Bible says. This is what the Pope says, and it's that. They go to the Christian church and they get Tom, Dick, and Harry saying different things. And they love it. Divide and destroy. If the church can stand together and say, We believe this is the infallible word of God, no question, what God says won't happen, then we'll stand by it. Churches come together. And there is a fresh move. There is a fresh move, you know. Denominalism, you know, is not a big thing, you know. People don't say, well, I'm a Baptist anymore. They say, I'm a Christian. United prayer meetings are happening all over the land, but all denominations are coming together and praying together. There's a fresh climate coming in. We're getting our eyes on the big picture. It's all about Jesus. And it's coming again. And that wonderful thing is the renewed covenant. Are you using fire for God as you were before? Do you do things now that you didn't allow before? You get squeezed into the <laughs> mode of the day. Make fresh commitment. A new covenant. God says, if you're with me, I'm with you. The Lord will not disappoint. Isaiah 41 says, listen, I will make rivers flow in barren heights and springs within valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. The can be a climate revival. There can be a turning towards God. There can be an abhorrence of sin and unrighteousness and wickedness. There can be a purging of society. I'll understand the Lord. If my people will humble themselves and pray, I will hear and heal the Lord. We have an abundant reservoir. God doesn't withhold his blessing. God would rather redeem than destroy. God would rather restore than judge. But constantly says in judgment, he remembers mercy. He would rather you have his plea. We had a word recently, prophetic word from Liz. Keep on coming, Liz. <laughs> New beginnings has come to the desert. Come out of the desert, a dry place, and I'm up to look up. And behold, in awe, the wonders that God's going to pour down. 
get amazing, huh? Not with a bunch of free meetings. I want you. Fresh wind of the spirit to blow through. The wind and the spirit speak to the Holy Ghost. Their Pentecost is the sounding of rushing wind. And each one. And they were all filled <laughs> with the Holy Ghost. When you want a church for the Holy Spirit, you're going to just get a few bright lights, <laughs> but they're all sparkling. As God says, you should shine like lights in the world. You know where the spirit comes, you don't know where it comes, you know where it goes, but you see the result. Ask God to change the climate for the And you can be the catalyst for change. Let me just give an option to anyone who knows not. Who knows they're not right standing with the Lord at the moment. Don't leave the building without getting right with God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. Just as the Lord was vexed for the wickedness of his nation, <coughs> so are you. And we know the state of our land and our nation and the rebellion, Lord. You wouldn't be through to Sodom and Gomorrah, Lord, if you didn't do something about it. But we know your heart, Lord, and rather than wipe out, Lord, is to redeem with a fresh revival. And we ask, Lord, this morning, gracious Lord, will you begin?